Nothing like being Miss Popularity. Yeah. Yeah. The Outline World Dispatch. Every Monday through Thursday, we bring you a story on the theme of power, culture, or the future, handpicked from theoutline.com. Culture. Hello. Hi, Nicole. Hi. You brought to us this story about the palace that we published on the outline, which is a type of chat server that was pretty popular uh, several years ago. Can you tell me a little bit about it? So the palace is a visual chat server that was created in the mid-90s by a guy called Jim Jim Baumgartner. Thanks. Laptop, please. Uh, Do y'all like my shirt? It's have a nice Che. I got obsessed with kaleidoscopes about five years ago, and I've made literally hundreds of kaleidoscope simulations. This is one of them here. Kaleidoscopes are very cool, because what's happening with the kaleidoscope? You're looking at something which is ultimately random, maybe chips of colored glass or confetti, and that does something very important. It renders the unknowable a little more knowable. The palace was a lot of different things to a lot of people. My focus on the palace was on the doll space where people were creating different kind of avatars to do competitions or just interact with each other. God, these are my only two ABs. You are mean and evil, Rit Rit. I have this. You are at your computer. And you want to go on the palace, you like log, you log in, and what do you see? Depending on the palace server, there would sometimes the backgrounds were images from maybe magazine scans, or sometimes they were black rooms, and dotting along these black rooms were avatars that ranged from the dolls to smiley faces. Sometimes they were magazine scans. What was your personal first experience on the palace? It was about maybe 97, and I found out about it from an AOL chat room. Someone had linked it there. And the only part of the palace that I kind of had any experience with was um, these doll spaces. So going into different rooms and chatting with people about how to create these dolls, um, change their outfits, change their hair, trade with other women on the palace to get new pieces and learn techniques from other people. It was really cool because this was in a time before these games had really robust character design systems. But on the palace, you could do whatever you wanted. And it was up to the players on the palace to create these things. It really felt like an artistic expression. Um, it didn't feel like a game. What did the characters look like when you when you built one? A lot of the time, uh, the standard doll was a white woman. A lot of them looked like Britney Spears. That was really popular. But there were also kind of goth dolls. So <laughs> for me, that was adding a ridiculous amount of freckles, which was I, I have freckles, and when I was a kid, I hated them, but like I still wanted my doll to look like me. So that's funny. I have freckles, but I never really thought anything about whether, like, about 
expressing them online in any way. But my thing was I always wished I had green eyes. So anytime mm. I made a character online, I would give it green eyes. Yeah. It would be exactly like me, except for it would have like actually green eyes. Yeah. It was like so envious of people with green eyes. I don't function well in classrooms. So I'm mostly self-taught with all this um, nonsense. But the way I taught myself was recreational programming. So he had been working on a kind of, he called it a seed of the idea for the palace since the 80s. And it was not a visual chat server at that time. It was more like a message board. He called it, he said it was kind of akin to social media that we have now. But when he was at Time Warner, he got in touch with some people and they allowed him to start working on a demo for work of the palace. Um, they weren't sure what they were going to do with it yet. Making variations seeing where it can take you. He wanted it to be kind of like a forum, like a chat server where people could just play around with each other. And he wanted it to be so that they could create the experience that they wanted. The community that I experienced wasn't perfect. Um, there were a lot of bad things about the doll palace. You are bad and ugly. It's metabolism. In some ways, it could be really insular and um, exclusive because there were a lot of a lot of the avatars were thin white women, um, mm -hmm. and you could be what you wanted to be within the constraints of that. Was it possible to express different races or different sexualities or different body types with the art options on the palace? Yeah, you could have you know different skin tones you could have different hair and it was up to the user to create that there were a lot of dolls on the palace that didn't fit into this thin white woman kind of standard but i think that it took people challenging those beauty norms to get there fat bodies on the palace were a lot less common than different mm -hmm. um skin tones but uh there were there was a group called desktop theater that went into palace spaces and tried to challenge body image standards uh, on the space. I am just a kid in the whole time. By creating just kind of uh, bigger avatars that didn't kind of fit this ideal body type on the palace. It's so crazy to me always that it's like the internet is this wild west. And it's like you can go and be whatever you want, but all people want to do is be exactly what reinforces all of the strictures that we live with in real life every day, it's like, what? what is even the point sometimes, you know? Yeah, exactly. Was there a lot of conflict that happened in the palace in different rooms or between rooms? <sighs> it's hard to say. There were a lot of different spaces there, but I think that conflict was just kind of part of the experience. It's kind of like part of the human experience that extended onto the palace in a way that you might expect with teens and adults using this space. A good kaleidoscope makes you feel as if you could almost understand what's happening, but not quite. It's just out of reach. So when I say that there are limits to what you can understand, I'm saying it's a good thing. When those limits exist, and when we get very close to them, but just outside, that's when something really interesting happens.
Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Where can we find you online? Sure, you could find me on Twitter at Sweet Potatoes, and I'm a staff writer at .esports. Nicole, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Dispatch. We're produced by James T. Green. I'm Casey Johnston.